0: So good to see y'all this morning. I know our our schedules have been crazy, and uh, most people kind of that kind of happens at the holiday season, doesn't it? I mean, uh, we had one get married, and that just threw it even into more chaos. So it feels like I hadn't been standing here at this spot for a long, long time. So it's so good to be here, and uh, it's so good to see y'all. Um, glad I'm glad to be back. Amen. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, as I, uh, as I'm honored to get to do what I do, uh, there is one thing that I know about you and that is that you smell <laughs> and, uh, I'm going to explain myself so don't twist off on me yet, but that uh, some of you smell more than others even, uh, but if, you'll, if you look with me in the scriptures, I'll explain what I'm talking about. Now, you know, when I say that, some people automatically think, I mean, you smell bad. That's not what, I didn't say you smell bad. Uh, to some people, you smell bad. <laughs> Everybody's very, con- very self-conscious right now, wanting to check it, <laughs> check it. <laughs> but to some people, you smell horrible. But to me, you smell wonderful. Let me explain what I'm talking about. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14. 2 Corinthians 2 14 says, Now thanks be to God. We just finished Thanksgiving. Amen. Amen. Every day ought to be Thanksgiving. Amen. Thanks be to God, who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Amen? You smell. <laughs> For we are to God the fragrance of Christ. That's a good smell. Uh, For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To the one we are the aroma of death leading to death. And to the other the aroma of life leading to life. And so we're going to explain what all that means as we talk about that. In the Bible we have a lot of references to smells. Uh, and we we know uh, quite a few things that that the Lord He would use that reference of that's a sweet smelling aroma. So in the Old Testament, as God handed down the sacrificial system to Moses and He implements it, uh, they would they would bring their sacrifice to the priest. The priest would kill it, clean it, and there on the brazen altar would lay that sacrifice, and it would be cooked there on that altar. And we won't go into all the different sacrifices; there's a bunch of different ones, but the part that they cleaned from the animals, the fur, the feces, and the flesh, they took outside the camp. And so if we moved from tabernacle to temple, which was the permanent place there in Jerusalem. Just imagine as what's going on there with this sacrificial system. As they bring the, uh, the sacrifice to the temple, the priests would, would kill it, clean it, and then cook it. But there was a valley outside of the city called the Valley of Hinnom. And that valley of Hinnom is where they would throw the flesh, the fur, and the feces. And that valley would be constantly burning and smelling. And it is that word Hinnom that we get the word Gehenna. It means, and this is the picture that Jesus gives us of hell. There's rotting corpses. There's burning filth. There's trash. It stinks. And when we operate in our flesh, we stink. You know what I'm talking about? When we operating in our flesh, we stink. But that is, that is, that is on the external. That is operating out of our faculties. But what's going on inside the temple is something altogether different. It smells like a Texas barbecue. Amen. Glory. So they're on that brazen altar. There, They're barbecuing. That's what they're doing. They're cooking that sacrifice. And that sacrifice is known as a sweet-smelling aroma to the Lord. Amen. Romans says you present your body as a living sacrifice, worthy, holy, and acceptable unto the Lord. All right, so back to, to some of the smells in the Scriptures, we, we recognize in the sacrificial system there is the, 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 that smell that goes on, on the brazen altar. But there's also another altar. It's a golden altar inside. And by the way, brazen means Brass. And so on the outside of uh, the holy place is the brass altar in which they would burn the sacrifice. On the inside of the holy place, there's a golden altar in which they'd burn incense. And the incense that they would burn was a very specific, God commanded Moses, and he, man, he got down the details, a very specific recipe of incense. And if you got caught trying to duplicate that recipe, it meant the end of you. It was that serious. This was God's specific aroma, and it was only to be connected with worship, only to be found in the temple. You couldn't burn it anywhere else. And so as you got closer to that temple, you're smelling this incense. You're smelling this specific aroma. And so as they neared the temple, they would smell this, and it would trigger things in their, in their soul. It would trigger things that just stirred them to worship. Amen. So there, it's inside the the holy place. There is this golden altar, and the priests were constantly putting coals and incense on that altar. That was a good aroma. There's a spiritual connection to that. The book of Revelation, it talks about the incense of the saints. It's the prayer of the saints going up before the Lord into the throne room of God that we just sang about, that throne room of God. And so when you pray... It is like that specific incense rising up into the heavenlies and God smells your prayers and it's pleasing to the Lord. Amen. There's another, uh, by the way, have y'all ever had a smell just trigger a memory? Yep. I I, uh, I have a, several. I mean, uh, the one that just comes to mind is uh, the smell of ginger snaps always triggers a memory for me. Um, don't let this offend you if this gets a little too carnal for you, but there's a Brooks and Dunn song called Red Dirt Road. That song is my life, and it is so crazy how detailed that song matches my life, it's insane. It it says, I was raised on rural Route 3, out where the blacktop ends. My address is Route 3, Box 3076. Athens, Texas, in Bethel. Some of y'all still live in Bethel. I still live in Bethel. I was known as a Bethel boy. Me and his brother ran the roads in Bethel. We were a little terror. But uh, Route 3, where the blacktop ends, the blacktop turned, and our road was a red iron ore road that was a dead-end road. And it ended at the Johnson house. That's in that song. It's crazy. I was like, I should be getting royalties. I should be getting, that's my life story. I won't go into the whole song, but uh, some of it is not great, but it still all pertains to me, the whole thing. But at Johnson's house, it was a, a little, sing, uh, she was an old maid school teacher who I was not supposed to go to her house, but I didn't always do what I was supposed to do, and a whole lot of times I did what I wasn't supposed to do, <laughs> and I would find myself as a little guy going down to Ms. Johnson's house. And Ms. Johnson had ginger snap cookies. Now, I don't smell ginger snaps hardly ever. But when I do, it triggers a memory. And I am in that woman's living room in that little single-wide trailer house. And, I mean, I can see it even now. Just talk about it. Over there by the front door was one of those machines. You may have never seen one of these in your life. This is the only time I ever saw one. Women would put this strap around their belly and it would... Let me get back to my sermon. i got to get back. <laughs> but there are, are things that trigger memories, and scientists have now d- discovered that the smell portion of your brain is right next to the memory portion of your brain. And we are now using aromatherapy and smells to help people remember those who have dementia and Alzheimer's. Isn't that interesting? And God says, when it comes to the incense of my temple don't you be trying to duplicate it and don't you be trying to mess with it I have a specific recipe and that when you would smell it it would trigger it's worship worship there's another time we see in the scriptures uh this fragrance the reference to fragrance Jesus had a friend named Lazarus lived right outside of Jerusalem uh over the hill of the Mount of Olives was a little city named Bethany still is and he would go to Lazarus' home, and they would, they would put him up, I think, for the night, and as they would be friends. Well, one night, he was uh, there in the home, and, and he had, Lazarus had two sisters, Mary and Martha, and Martha comes, or Mary comes in, and she has a, a jar of very special perfume. The Bible calls it a fragrant oil. Now, I know a little bit of something about fragrant oils. My wife done got into them oils, or as I like to call them, earls, so... Uh, It don't just wash off easy. And this woman comes in with a a bottle of this oil that it was a year's salary that went in to buy that that bottle. And she breaks it because she's going to use it all up right here. And she pours it out on Jesus' feet and takes her hair and she washes his feet with her hair. Don't you know that was on there for days? That, that, that fragrance was on there for days. And for days, maybe even up to the cross, just think about this. For days, they shared the same fragrance. And it wasn't a common fragrance. This was a very expensive perfume. And so for days, Mary and Jesus smelled just alike. And, and remember, she anointed his feet with oil. And, and just a few days afterwards, this is when the, the Romans were nailing his feet to a cross. And can you imagine them nailing his feet to a cross and saying, his feet smell good. His feet smell good. And, and from that point forward, can you imagine that every time they smelled this fragrance, it brought back to their memory what they did as they drove the nails into the feet of Jesus Christ. Can you imagine that? That, that I don't know if it helped them or haunted them, but it, for me to think that I smelled that before and I remember when I smelled it. In this passage of Scripture, let's look at it again, Second Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 14, now thanks be to God, who always, everybody say always, Always. who always leads us into triumph, everybody say triumph, Triumph. who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Everybody say in Christ. By the way, if you are not in Christ, you are not in triumph, you are in defeat. We're going to talk about that. So now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. Always in every, or in that passage of Scripture. Always in every. It always is happening everywhere you go. Amen? Always in every. And so it's always happening. And that word diffuses, as I told you, my wife got into them earls, and she's got one of them diffusers. And uh, that's not an amen. <laughs> if I ever get sick, oh my goodness, she's going to anoint me with earl. She's got them even in a roller bottle. She'll rub all, I mean, I'm always getting anointed with oil. And, uh, and then she'll put that little diffuser right there and she'll drop them oils in there. And some of them smell pretty good, some of them don't smell so good. But, but we have this, this image of diffuser. Because I have it in my mind, this image of what this thing does. It's belching out smoke and earls and smells. And, and so here in this passage of Scripture, it says, we're the diffusers. We're the diffusers. We're emitting this fragrance. And it's the fragrance of Jesus. Verse 15, for we are to God the fragrance of Christ. And that's good for some. We're the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved. And among those who are perishing. Now I need to explain to you what Paul is is giving us the mental the, the the picture of in this passage of scripture. He is writing a word picture that they understood it very well in Corinth, and and we have to study to get it. He is giving us the picture of a Roman triumphant processional. It's a victory parade. We're going to have our Christmas parade here in Athens and here for too long and. And Ch- Sand Springs will have a float in it, and y'all can come work on that float. But this is what we're seeing is a, it's a parade. And what happens is when a, a, a general goes out and conquers a land, he, he, he captures those other generals or uh, uh, leaders of the military, and he, he takes them captive, and he, he brings them back to his city, whether it be Rome or where. And then, and as they enter into that city, they start lighting incense. And so in this procession, there's actually a pictograph of a Roman triumphal process procession in which you see you see the captives, you see the priests, you see the, the warriors, and you see the conqueror. And they're traveling through this city, and 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 and, and you you can imagine. What's going on? Is this a parade? Is a party happening? Because we have won. We have won the victory. We are triumphant, and they're celebrating. And so here's what Paul is giving us a picture of: that with Christ Jesus, because he has defeated death and the devil, we are now part of his 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 processional of triumph. We're in on it. Now scholars struggle over our part in it and where we are in this process. But uh, but we just know we're in on it. And in this processional, there are those who are captive. There are priests. There are the warriors. And then there's the conqueror. But as they have those priests early in that processional burning those incenses, they, all through the city, they're in the temples. And by the way, these were not God's temple. These were temples uh, to the, the Roman gods, gods of war. Uh, they... they they had these incense burning. But as you're walking along that processional, you have that on you. And everywhere you go, you bear the fragrance of triumph. You have the smell of victory. Amen? Amen. And so here is what Paul is saying. It says, Jesus is constantly, always, that's the word always, leading us in this triumphant processional. And everywhere we go, we bear his fragrance. Amen. And so you smell. <laughs> you smell. And to some, you smell amazing. It's interesting. I was there in, in Israel uh, doing a sabbatical several years ago. And I worked in Nazareth in the in a first century style village. I was the carpenter in the Nazareth village. And, uh, and, and there would be, I don't know, half a dozen languages at least every day would come through my carpentry shop. People from all over the world. And I would see people from, I mean, that, like, I never even heard anything close to that language before. And, and the way they're dressed is like, I don't even know where they're from. But I could pick out every time I could pick out a Christian. By oh, way, these were not all Christians that would come through my shop, but I could tell you who was and who wasn't. I could tell you who was and who wasn't because they, they bore the essence of Jesus. And, 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 and some of the essence is his love. His joy, his peace, the fruit of the Spirit would be all over them. I'm like, oh, that's a child of God right there. I can't understand a word coming out their mouth, but I understand that's a child of God. And so when we look at this, this is a this fragrance of Jesus is on you, and that's awesome to me as a child of God, but not everybody likes the smell. You just had Thanksgiving, and it may be that you sat down at a table with people that don't like how you smell. And, and, and we need to understand, again, what is Paul giving us a picture of? There's this triumphant processional, and in that triumphant processional are the captive ones, those who were conquered, and when they finally get to the final destination in which the conqueror takes his seat on the throne, those will be executed. You get the picture? There's a realm out in this world that's out of this world, a spiritual realm, and that spiritual realm is the defeated ones. There's a realm of darkness, and, and, and this demonic realm, they are defeated. Let's look, if you don't believe me, let, let me help you out. Colossians chapter 2, verse 15. Colossians 2, verse 15. Speaking of Jesus' crucifixion, he says, Having disarmed principalities and powers. This is the demonic powers And says, and have made a public spectacle of them. And here's the same word as in the previous passage, triumphing over them in it. In other words, Jesus done made a show out of this demonic world that he has conquered and defeated. Amen? Now, that's good for me, but it ain't for everybody. Why? Because there are those out there who are under the influence God made this very clear to me one day. i shared this before. I'm going to share it again. I was in my prayer closet building right over there, and I got out, up. I went straight from my prayer closet to Walmart because that's the best way to go. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so I, I come up from my prayer closet, got in my truck, went down there to Walmart, and uh, it 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 startled me because as I'm walking across the front. Uh, the first, uh, the first person that it happened to, I'm like, what in the world? I, craw- I walked by this person and they looked at me uh, like they was scared to death of me. They, like took a step back. I'm like, what was that about? My wife was always telling me, you need to smile at people. You need to smile. You look, you look mean. You look mean. I always get pulled off the bus in Israel because she's like, take your shades off and smile. They think you're a terrorist. So. <laughs> <laughs> so i thought okay maybe i had, wasn't looking friendly at the time so uh, i make making a point okay i'm gonna smile uh, I, I thought what is this person scared of and then the second and we're talking three people in less than five minutes i think it was very the, the second person looked at me like they were afraid of me and i'm thinking do i have a booger what's going on i need to go to the, look in the mirror what is happening here? And then when it happened with a third person, the Lord revealed to me, you are of a different kingdom than they are. A victorious kingdom. Greater is he who is within you than he who is within this world. Amen? And remember, there will be a day. We're in this time, this, this time in which God's grace is extended, but there will be a day when all will become, God's going to bring it all together. And he, it's called Judgment Day. And, and when he is through, those entities, those spiritual powers that are free to roam right now, they won't be anymore. Right. Yeah. And they don't like you. Yeah. And by the way, they influence other people, and they don't even know why they don't like you, but those other people don't like you. Yeah. And you're just irritated Maybe you had Thanksgiving dinner with them, and, and they just you irritated them, and you didn't even get into politics. Yeah. They just don't like you. Why? Because those entities that are inhabiting them hate the one who inhabits you. So just be okay with it. Just be okay with it. So maybe some days you don't feel like this is triumph. This don't feel like victory. I had one of those days this week that just man. You just try to endure it because you shouldn't go really enjoy it. And you're just trying, okay, God, help me get through this one. So some days it don't feel like triumph. Well, I'm reminded of another processional. In the book of Exodus, we have a processional of victory, of triumph, And at the head of this processional is the Ark of the Covenant and God would would manifest himself over this Ark of the Covenant and he would lead the processional of about 2 million people. And they have come out of Egypt and they were victorious and they they crossed the Red Sea. In the next service, we're going to baptize some. And and, and it's a picture of what God did then and is doing now. He says, you can't go back there anymore. And I've defeated your enemies. They were all washing up on the bank. And so we have a victory procession. And and then there was this this fight one day that Moses, as he was leading this people uh, into the promised land, there was this fight one day with the Amalekites. As the Amalekites were warring against God's people, Moses was told by God that you get up there on the hillside on the mountaintop and you hold up your staff. God has done victory after victory after victory with that staff. You hold your arms up, hold that staff up. How many know that when you hold something up for a long time, it begins to get heavy? Maybe you've been carrying a burden for some time, and it's getting heavy. Just getting hard to hold your arms up. Well, praise God, he's got someone to come alongside you. Moses' brother Aaron comes alongside and says, here, sit down. Sit down, brother. He says, he set him down on a rock, and he comes alongside, and he begins holding up one arm. And then his other friend, her, comes over here, H-U-R, her. He comes over here and stands beside him, and he holds the other arm up. Aaron has a job title. His name is High Priest. Her, his name means light. Ne- means light. I want you to look with me in Romans chapter 8 real quick. Romans chapter 8, we are told of two people who will come alongside us when things get heavy. Chapter 8, verse 26 says, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. We do not know what we should pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Amen? Amen. Even when I don't know how to pray, the Holy Spirit, he's the one that Jesus called the paraclete, the one who comes alongside. The, The Holy Spirit will come alongside me, and I can't even get a word out of my mouth. He says, you don't have to. You don't have to. I've got this. Look at what it says. Now he who searches the heart knows the mind of the Spirit, knows what the mind of the Spirit is, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. So we have the Holy Spirit who comes alongside us. He says, I'm going to hold this arm up. I'm just going to hold this arm up, and, and, but, but I, don't even know, I don't even know what to do. I don't even know how to praise like I do. Can you just rest? That's what faith is is a good picture of is just resting on his promises, trusting in him. He says, I got this arm. You know who's on the other side? Look at verse 34. It says, who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen. Let me try that one more time. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of God, who also makes intercession for us. So I got Holy Spirit or interceding on this side, and I got Jesus interceding on this side, and they said, but Lord, it's heavy. He said, well, let me have it. <coughs> Interesting thing is Moses is holding up the staff as a picture of the cross, and we continue to realize that it was all paid at the cross. I can now rest on that, and that picture of Jesus uh, being the chief cornerstone, the foundation of our faith, and the, his, the, the, the cross accomplished it all. It was the victory of the cross that now I am in this processional. And the more I am surrendered unto him, the more I smell like him. And the more God is pleased with me. So it's not about me doing anything except trusting him. I'm gonna have the Holy Spirit come alongside you. He's gonna intercede on one side, and Jesus is gonna come alongside and intercede on the other side. And you just trust and you rest, you surrender. Now, that is triumph. Amen. Maybe you're here and and things have just been tough. This Christian walk hadn't been all that easy for you. Can I just encourage you this morning? Just rest in Jesus and trust in God that he will bring about what he said he's going to bring about. Remember, I'm going to read that passage one more time, 2 Corinthians 2, 14. Now thanks be to God who always, amen? Everybody say that one more time, always. always. Ain't that good? Why why but there are some days when it don't feel like always. But he said, Don't trust your feelings, trust the facts. He says always. Always. Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph. He always wins our victories. You know he ain't never lost a fight. <laughs> Amen. He ain't never lost. He's got a perfect record. There was never even a, a tie. He has never lost a fight. And if we will trust him to fight our fights, he will always win our fights. I like what Charles Stanley says. You do your fighting on your knees. Amen. Charles Stanley said, you do your fighting on your knees. Trust God and leave the consequences up to him. Amen. Now, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. And through us, he's using you, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. I want to go back real quick before we close to that image of that triumphant processional. You have different people in different roles in that processional. You had the conquered ones. You had the priests. You had the generals and the warriors. You had the conqueror. You had all this going on. And it may be that you're here as a child of God and you don't even understand what the battle is that you're in, but you're getting hit left and right. I want to tell you something, you're a part of a processional and your role might look different than mine, but we have the same victory. Amen. Your role might look different than, than the person next to you, but we all have a role. We all have a part in this. And, and, and just as God has planted us right here in this town, in this County, he did it for a purpose. And if you hadn't hadn't found out your purpose, you're not fulfilling your purpose. And if you're not fulfilling your purpose, you won't be satisfied and fulfilled. And his kingdom is lacking your position. And so we want to be a church. That, that helps people find their purpose and their position in this kingdom, in this processional, in this army that is going out and taking new land. And this is one of the areas that he has called us to take. He has called us to, to, to take Athens, Texas, to take Henderson County and to spread his kingdom. Now, what does that mean? What does his kingdom look like? His kingdom looks like peace, love, and joy, kindness gentleness faithful his kingdom looks like jesus and where there's chaos where there's hatred where there's division in comes his kingdom and brings peace where there's chaos brings love where there's hate brings joy when there's darkness and and depression that's what his kingdom does and that's what we're called to bring and you have a part in that kingdom amen We want to come alongside you and help you find your place if you don't know it. But you have a place, let's go to the Lord and pray. Father, I pray as kids of the kingdom that you'd allow everyone in here to recognize just exactly what you called them to do, what role that you've called them to take. We know That you hate oppression. You hate when people hurt other people. You hate conflict and division. You hate those things. We have prophecy after prophecy that when the Holy Spirit uttered the words that the Messiah was coming, what you were going to be doing, Lord Jesus, was bringing victory where there was defeat. Bringing freedom where there was oppression. Bringing love where there was hate. Peace where there was chaos. Lord, and and that's what you've called us to do. Lord, I pray that even now, Lord, we would recognize, yeah, there's going to be people that don't like us. (laughs) Lord Jesus, you said they didn't like you. They ain't going to like us. We smell like you. We recognize that they, we just irritate people. They don't, even know, they don't even know why. Because there is a spiritual war going on for the lives of this city, this county, for our families. There's a spiritual conflict and there are defeated ones who want to take others and defeat them as well. But there is going to be a day which all accounts are brought into order. There will be a judgment day. We will stand before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and there will be a great separation. Those who are not of Christ will be separated to the left. Those who are of Christ will be separated to the right. Those who are not of Christ will hear these words, depart from me, I don't know you. Those who are of Christ will hear, well done, my good and faithful servant." Lord, I pray that right now every soul in this room is starting to do a very intense spiritual inventory. Where do I stand? Who do I serve? Lord, I pray that we would recognize this King of Kings is a mighty God. and You are good. i want to be on your side, Lord. Holy Spirit, do your work in us today.